Hello everyone, and welcome to Behind the Yellow Line, a true crime podcast. I'm going to be your host, LJ, and today we are going to be talking about YouTubers. So YouTube is a interesting platform. There are many, many different kinds of YouTubers out there. Prank videos, there are daily vloggers, there are lifestyle and beauty channels, there are true crime podcasters like me. Today, we aren't going to focus on just any type of YouTuber. This podcast is all about times that YouTubers took things just way too far. I think this is gonna be a fun video and podcast episode just because I don't think that there's anything really out there like this one. I personally haven't seen any podcast episodes from a true crime perspective of YouTubers that have committed crimes. Today I wanted to do a top 10 list of times that YouTubers took things just way, way too far. Warning, this podcast may include depictions and topics dealing with death, suicide, gun violence, physical violence, depression, and other unsavory activities. You have been warned to continue listening at your own risk. Trigger warning is in effect. Viewer discretion is advised. I will ask you to please subscribe if you have not yet. Additionally, please give this video a like and comment down below if there are any cases that are interesting to you and that you want me to cover in a future video. Lastly, what I do want to say before we get into the video is that I will just be giving my honest opinion of some of these events as well as the facts. I did do a lot of research on this one, but with all of that said, I do want to go ahead and get started on this video. The first YouTuber on our list is not actually a YouTuber. He is a social influencer. He has a YouTube channel, but his biggest form of media was his Instagram page. This person is named James Potok. Around February 4th, 2020, James Potok boarded a WestJet plane bound for Jamaica. James is a 28-year-old Instagram influencer who falsely claimed that he had coronavirus when he was aboard a flight on WestJet Airlines. He made this false claim while trying to film a viral video for publicity aboard the flight. Midway through the flight, James exited his seat. When he got up from his seat, he turned on his camera and started to film a video. At the time, he said, Can I please get everyone's attention? Please, can I have your attention? I just came from the Hunan Providence, the capital of the coronavirus, and I'm not feeling well. Notably, the coronavirus was actually first detected in Hubei, not Hunan. The coronavirus outbreak initially started in the city of Wutong, which is located in the Hubei Providence. The flight was originally scheduled to fly to Jamaica. However, due to James's actions, the flight was actually rerouted back to Canada. Can I just ask you generally what your interpretation of, of what happened? I fly to Jamaica five times a year. Uh, one time, a couple trips ago, I, I did a similar thing. I pulled my phone out, I made a viral video. I got up, I said, can I have your attention? Can I have your attention? Everyone stopped and looked. I said, Lil Wayne's new album just dropped. Everybody go get it. No problem with that. Sat back down, landed, everybody got off, no issues. Seemed to me like this was in poor taste in retrospect. What I did, I stood up, I said, can I have everybody's attention? I just came back from Hunan province. That was it. Why, why, did you, why would you say that? Well, I had my camera with me. I was looking to 
to get a viral video. I was looking to get it up on all the social media platforms. I oh. figured it would invoke some type of reaction, not on the plane, more people seeing on social media going, wow, this kid's got some balls or this kid is crazy, whatever it is. So, so you were looking for some sort of uh, promotion or viral video? I was looking to to create a video, yes, that was that would go viral. WestJet said in a statement that the flight crew followed the infectious disease protocols in order to be abundantly cautious. It was reported that the plane was already in the Florida airspace at the time it was forced to return back to Canada. Once they returned back to Canada, James was arrested and charged with mischief. He is due in court later this year. This was disgusting to me when I heard this part of the story. He says that any publicity is good publicity for him. So, um, what I have to say about this is please do not give this guy any social media attention. He does not deserve it. He does not deserve our time. I almost didn't even want to put him in the story, but I thought what he did was so disgusting. So I just wanted to include it just to encourage people to not follow his actions, to not do something like this, and to not support people like this. <laughs> the story really grinded my gears and I just can't believe that some people would go to such lengths to do a viral video and I just think he does not deserve a following whatsoever, so please don't support this person. Jason Ether, popularly known as I Am J Station, is the next member of our list. He is popularly known on YouTube for his 3am horror videos. In January 2020, I Am J Station posts a video to his many subscribers. There he talks about the death of his girlfriend, Alexia Murano. What's up guys? I never wanted to make a video like this, ever. But last night... <sighs> last night we lost Alexia. Skeptics and suspicion arose following the video claiming that he was lying about his dead girlfriend. Others searched the internet for police reports in Toronto and Ottawa to confirm with local authorities. No news agencies, and worse, no family was confirming that this story was true. Several days later, Jay Station confessed Alexia was still alive and the stunt was a ploy for more Dream Team subscribers. He stated he thought of the idea in order to gain traction for his Dream Team channel. He also claimed that Alexia was in on the joke, but Alexia, on the other hand, insisted that she had never wanted to participate in this hoax. Jay's plan was to say that Alexia died, do a Ouija board video, and then call her at 3 a.m. to resurrect her. Several days after the initial videos were posted, Jason woke up to find Alexia had left him, taking all of her stuff and subsequently ending their relationship. Police also arrived at Jason's place with a warrant for his arrest for assault with a weapon and assault of his girlfriend. Recently on YouTube, Jay Station has posted a video with Alexia. They cited that they are working on reconciling their relationship, that they've been together during some of the quarantine, um, but they did state that they were just friends at the time. Even more toxic though, Jay Station questioned his subscribers at the end to ask them if people think that him and Alexia should get back together. At this time he is facing charges for that previous arrest. Originally he was set to appear in court on March 16th, 
However, it was not found to be if that was delayed due to the COVID-19 virus. At this time, I couldn't find any reports if that actually occurred. So I'm thinking it probably did get delayed, but there was no update that I could find either. On February 21st, 2020, YouTube confirmed that they had suspended monetization on JayStation's channel a week prior. The punishment was due to the arrest of charges of assault with a deadly weapon. Notably, Alexia's channel remains monetized along with the Dream Team channel. YouTube stated that JayStation would have the opportunity to regain monetization on his channel following all relevant issues with his channel are addressed and corrected. This guy just seems like such a bad person in general. I just don't support this kind of behavior in any kind of way, shape, or form. It's just not funny. Death isn't a joke. So I just think that this was a complete disgusting event and uh, I hope that he loses his popularity. <laughs> the next member of our list is a YouTuber who goes by the name Reset. Reset was a channel with almost 1.2 million subscribers. At the time of this horrific stunt, Reset was only 19 years old. In 2017, Reset filmed a video of him replacing the cookie cream in an Oreo sandwich with toothpaste. The prank was suggested by one of his many fans. Reset decided to hand this cookie, along with a $20 bill, to a homeless man outside of a supermarket. On camera, Reset said prior to handing the Oreos to the homeless man that this will help clean his teeth. I don't think he has cleaned them since he became poor. The man subsequently vomited after being presented with the cookie, and this video sparked tons and tons of backlash and outrage. After all of this outrage occurred, Reset tried to please fans by returning to the homeless man and offering him another $20 bill. However, when he removed the video from his channel, he had already made $2,249. Following this prank, Reset has been sentenced to 15 months in prison and was given a $22,300 fine. He was charged for violating the moral integrity of his prank victim in Barcelona court. Unfortunately, due to this being his first time offense, he is unlikely to serve any time in jail. And this is due to Spanish laws that allow suspensions of sentencing for under two years for first time nonviolent offenders. He has been required to shut down his social media accounts for the next five years. So this next scandal did not actually end with anybody getting charged but it was a huge deal to the YouTube community when it happened. This one involves many, many YouTubers, and some people still promote this to this day. YouTubers including the likes of Shane Dawson, Philip DeFranco, David Dobrik, H3H3 Productions, Heath Huzar, Bobby Burns, Trisha Paytas, and many, many more have been linked to helping and promoting an online counseling service named BetterHelp. Well, of course. BetterHelp. You've already heard about it from your favorite YouTuber. BetterHelp. 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 View BetterHelp. 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 There is a list of over a hundred YouTubers who have promoted this website. It's been all over Reddit. My own subreddit. I always see these ads. Try online therapy. BetterHelp is an online counseling service who promotes claims of a professional and affordable therapy. However, in October of 2019, Keemstar and PewDiePie came out to criticize its questionable services. BetterHelp advertises that it charges $65 a week for its services. However, 
upon using the platform, it forces users to pay that charge on a monthly basis. In the fine print of the website, it does not guarantee the verification of skills, degrees, qualifications, licenses, certificates, credentials, competency, or a background check of any of its counselors. Once this was brought to light, however, they deleted the statement from their website. Talk about shady. So this one I wanted to bring up because, like I said, it never actually ended in any sort of lawsuit. Nobody actually went to jail over this, and people still promote this website to this day. However, I was personally affected by this scam because I signed up for BetterHelp. I used Philip DeFranco's promo code and signed up for BetterHelp. I was eligible for financial aid, however, it still costed me over $300, I believe, a month. And I just thought it was so ridiculously expensive, but I wanted to give it a go because I really wanted some therapy. When I tried it, I honestly didn't really like it. I had a lot of issues with the website. I had a lot of issues with BetterHelp. I didn't like the counselor system. I only ever tried one counselor, so I know I could have switched counselors, but I don't know, I, once I got started with somebody, I didn't really want to switch over to somebody new because I'd already started divulging a lot about myself. What I had issues with with my counselor specifically was that it seemed like she always focused on the problem and never on resolving it or finding out how to make things better. It was always constantly just a downward spiral of depression. Like I just never felt like I was actually getting any help and it was just more talking about the problem than doing anything about it. Because they had a text service, you could text and talk to your counselor at any time, but I would go multiple, multiple days without getting any sort of response. And sometimes these were when I was in the darkest of places and I really needed somebody to talk to. One of my other issues was that she was barely ever available. I couldn't schedule in the same week. It would have to be usually nine to 14 days out. And I couldn't schedule multiple weeks in advance. So I would have to schedule like that one's like in advance, but I couldn't schedule like two appointments. And I like having like my whole month planned out of appointments if I can. That's just kind of my preference is to just know I have an appointment that's repeating every single week on the same time at the same day. And that was never an option. I could never get that to work. I also really wanted to do video calls with my therapist and she only ever was available for phone calls, which kind of bugged me. All of these sort of things were available, texting, phone calls, and video chats. And I only was ever able to use the phone call feature and the texting feature. Overall, I do think BetterHelp does serve a purpose. I think at the end of the day, there are better things out there that will actually provide better help. It can be helpful for some people. I just personally did not find it helpful at all. I now have a therapist that I see in person, obviously not now with COVID, but it's way cheaper compared to when I was paying like 65 to 90 something per session. The next story is also not necessarily something that was a crime. Nobody went to jail for it. Nobody was arrested for it. However, it really could have ended that way. It really should have, in my opinion, ended that way. I think at the end of the day, this still could be a cause for a lawsuit in some capacity. I'm not an expert. I don't have a degree in criminology, but I do think that some of these events that happened could sway somehow into some sort of lawsuit. Logan Paul was 24 years old when he released one of the biggest notable scandals on YouTube history. On January 1st, 2018, Logan showed a person who had committed suicide in Japan's suicide forest to his massive YouTube following. Footage showed a blurred out face. However, it was still 100% clear that this person had committed suicide from what was visible. Logan and his friends made crude jokes and dark jokes about the body as they stumbled upon it. And they even shot close-ups of the corpse. 
anyone with a platform condemned his actions. It did take YouTube about a week before they did do anything though, which I remember at the time everyone was angry about this. Everyone wanted something to happen to his channel, either it get deleted or demonetized, and it took them a long time before they made any action, but when they did, they demonetized his channel. At this time, he has regained the ability to monetize his channel. I personally think that this should have been a crime. I know it never actually went to court. I don't think he ever got arrested or anything for it. Nothing actually ever came of this. I couldn't find if the family ever found out specifically if that was their person that had committed suicide, but I think that the family would definitely have a case for a lawsuit if they ever came forward. I also think that there could have been like a class action lawsuit from his subscribers in some capacity. I don't know, but I feel like it could have been a thing. This was completely, definitely, 100% a time a YouTuber took things way too far. Whether it was against the law or not, I think he should never, ever have done something like that. The next story is about a family channel. That's right, we're going to talk about Daddy05. Daddy05, also known as Mommy05 and Family05, focused on videos about daily vlogging and pranking. At the height of their fame, they had amassed about 750,000 subscribers. Michael and Heather Martin uploaded what they described as pranks on their children. However, what was depicted appeared to be more like things that caused their children serious emotional, mental, and physical distress. One example is the kids were encouraged to beat up one another to the point of a severe injury. In another video, this one was the most heartbreaking of them all, in my opinion, where the parents had spilled invisible ink on the carpet and they falsely accused their child, Cody, of the mess. included that of two children who were biologically Michael's and with his previous, I think, wife. I don't know if they were ever actually married or if it was just his baby mama, to be honest, but I think it was his wife. And three of them were biologically Heather's. In May of 2017, Michael lost custody of his children, Emma and Cody, and they were returned to their biological mother, Rose Hall. In September of 2017, Michael and Heather plead guilty to child neglect and other charges and were sentenced to probation. In July of 2017, they asked their subscribers to subscribe to a new Mommy of Five channel for new updates and new videos. This channel was later renamed Family of Five after Mommy of Five got their 100,000 subscriber plaque. They have attempted multiple times to make a comeback. They posted videos on their official website for a $5 monthly subscription fee. However, as of January 2019, they deleted all of their videos from the website, stating they had agreed willingly to remove these videos for the sake and well-being of their family. These people are disgusting human beings, and I just can't with them. Please don't give them any promotion. Don't subscribe to them. Don't view them. If you want to find out more about those videos, I recommend looking into Philip DeFranco's coverage of the story because he does a very good job of this story and he does include video content if you're interested in that. This next story is probably the most tragic on our list. 
This one actually involves the death of a YouTuber. In June 2017, Mona Lisa and Pedro wanted to get more viewers on their YouTube channel, so they decided to up the stakes. The idea was simple. They would have Mona Lisa shoot a gun at Pedro while he was holding up a thick book, and the book would stop the bullet, right? Oh, babe. Let's go ahead and uh, show them what we have in store for our first video. I'm just not going to just set it and just shoot it. No. I'm going to stand behind it. And Mona Lisa is going to shoot it. Every week, I'm going to be bringing you guys new videos, crazy videos. This is a 50 caliber Desert Eagle. A transcript of the audio reveals her hesitation. Babe, I'm not doing this. I can't. If I kill you, what's going to happen to my life? Like, no, this isn't okay. As long as you hit the book, you'll be fine, Ruiz says. These pictures show she did. I may fail, but if I fail, I want to die trying. This stunt was originally Pedro's idea, but it went horribly wrong. The bullet would kill Pedro when the shot went straight through the book and into his chest. They attempted to airlift him to a hospital, however he died prior to that. Mona Lisa faced criminal charges with a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison for her actions. It was an accident, however, it's, somebody still has to be at fault here. Whether it was an accident or not, any person should have the logic in their brain to say a gun is used to usually shoot someone or you know it's meant to hurt not to shoot at a book and like stop it <laughs> think come on come on guys come on think <laughs> the court later decided to sentence mona lisa to 180 days in jail after she took a plea deal she pleaded guilty to second-degree manslaughter. As part of her plea deal, she can serve her jail time in her home state in 10-day increments. Mona Lisa and Pedro had two children together. At the time of the incident, Mona Lisa was pregnant with her second child, Pedro. At this time, she had continued to upload videos to her channel as of seven months ago, and she still has about 41.9 thousand subscribers. This next story is just so disgusting. I don't even know where to begin. I can't even believe that monsters like this exist on the platform, but of course they do because why wouldn't they? Austin Jones was a former singer and YouTube star. He had accumulated 540,000 subscribers prior to the incidents of his arrest. In 2015, a music website reported that Austin had contacted multiple underage fans and asked for twerking videos. In 2015, additionally, a change.org petition was started by an anonymous 15-year-old to revoke his participation in the Vans Warped Tour. The petition did not gain enough traction. However, the singer did eventually withdraw himself from the tour. Later, he posted a video to his YouTube channel where he admitted to the allegations, stating that they were true. However, he denied ever asking for any nudity being involved. I've recently come under some fire on social media for mistakes I've made in the past. I used to ask fans for twerking videos. Yes, twerking the dance move. It's not something that I'm proud of. It's not something that I think is right. And I shouldn't have done it. Since this started online, there are a lot of rumors and a lot of lies. They're just not true. Nothing ever went further than twerking videos. There were never any nudes, never any physical contact. It never happened. In June 2017, Austin was arrested for two counts of production of child pornography. He was arrested at O'Hara International Airport by the agents of the U.S. Immigration and Customs 
Homeland Security Investigations. He contacted multiple underage fans and tried to persuade the girls to twerk for him. He even provided directions on how to perform these acts according to his specifications. He would try to make these girls feel like they were the only one and he would pretend like he would only talk to them and then eventually these conversations would turn very sexual. He pled guilty to one single count of child pornography on February 1st, 2019. He was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison on May 2nd, 2019. Following the hearing, he was given permission to remain under house arrest until he reported to prison on June 28th, 2019. And as of June 29th, 2019, he is presently at Federal Correctional Institute, a low security prison in Pennsylvania. His federal inmate number is 52069-424. So that one's probably the sweetest justice that we've had so far of all of these cases. I think 10 years honestly isn't long enough. He was like 24, I believe, when this all happened. Maybe older, maybe younger, I'm not entirely sure. I think he's 27 now. So he's only gonna be in jail until he's 37. I just, I wish the punishment sometimes just fit the crime and Personally, I think he deserves a little bit longer than 10 years. This next story brings to light a popular Viner. Cameron Dallas was a popular Vine star who transitioned over to YouTube, Instagram, and the rest of the social media bandwagon. In 2018, Cameron, at age 24, was arrested following an alleged assault in a hotel over New Year's Eve weekend. Around 5 a.m., an ambulance was called to the Hyatt Hotel in Grand Aspen on December 29th, 2018. A man, age 34, was found with injuries to his face, including a broken nose. The guest told the police that he had been assaulted. Cameron told the police officer he had lost his temper when a man had made unwanted sexual advances on Cameron's male friend and refused to leave their hotel room. A hotel employee working in the lobby told the police that they saw the 34-year-old man exiting the elevator bloodied and distraught and crying out for help. So to go a little deeper into this story, it was found out that earlier that night, Cameron and his friends were visiting a nightclub in downtown Aspen. During the evening, a man involved himself with the group of friends. When the bar closed, a member of the group, Nassar, invited the man back to the Hyatt. Not long after, Nassar was arrested for trespassing in one of the rooms when a guard mistakenly allowed into a room that he wasn't staying in. He and another man jumped up and down on the beds in which two women were sleeping. The women did not know Nassar. Afterwards, that 34-year-old man was still standing in the lobby with Cameron's friends and asked if he could charge his phone in their room. About five minutes after that, Cameron left the room to go find out more about his friend's arrest. He returned about 30 minutes later and immediately he had a weird vibe. Cameron walked over to his friend and they talked in private. Cameron then learned that the 34-year-old man began to make homosexual advances and suggestions towards his friend while Cameron had been in the lobby finding out about his friend's arrest. The friend stated that he was starting to freak out about the advances and this caused Cameron to lose his temper. Dallas was arrested for second degree assault and taken to the Pittman County Jail on a felony charge. He posted a $5,000 bail and was released days later. The latest update of this story was that the hearing was rescheduled for June of 2019. However, at this time I could not find anything about a conviction, if this went any farther, if this got rescheduled. There was not really any updates to this story whatsoever. If anyone does know, please feel free to leave that in the comments below. 
I'm super interested to know if anything ever came of this or if it just kept getting pushed off or if he just paid the guy off. <laughs> this last story can be very triggering so I just wanted to preface that before I get into it and it is about Curtis Lepore and Jesse Smiles. Curtis Lepore and Jesse Smiles met through Vine and shared their relationships to their many followers. Jesse and Lepore sh shortly though broke up after Jesse had gotten a concussion and he came over to visit her. Jesse alleged that Curtis raped her as she slept. In January 2014, charges were filed against Lepore by the state of California. He was eventually released on a $100,000 bail and he pled not guilty to charges of rape. On February 21st, Lepore took a plea deal in the case and pled guilty to felony assault. So it's different than felony than rape, obviously. Assault is just like, you know, hurting somebody. The rape charges were subsequently dropped as they were brought against him by the state of California and not Jesse herself. Under his plea deal, he was to complete 24 hours of community service and a year of counseling. And in February of 2015, his charges were reduced to a misdemeanor of assault after his part of the plea deal was completed. This did take place a couple years back. I believe it happened in 2013 or 2014 is when it came to light, so I believe the events actually occurred in 2013. Lepore still insists to this day that he is innocent of that rape. Recently in 2019, Jessie Smiles released a very long statement to her Twitter account regarding the attack. This is such a hard one for me because I truly do believe Jessie uh, in her story. I can't believe that any person, especially an influencer of her status, would ever lie about something like this happening to her. So I do 100% take her side of the story. And I just can't imagine having to live knowing your rapist is still like out there on the internet, still has following, still has fans. It's just disgusting to me. I think if any of you are subscribed to him, please, please unsubscribe. Please don't support this guy in any way. It's just disgusting. I don't know, I just think it's disgusting. That concludes my top 10 list of times that YouTubers took things way too far. I hope you really liked this version of the True Crime Podcast. As you can see, eight out of 10 of them were crimes that were committed, two of them were scandals that were huge, that in my personal opinion could have become a crime in some way, shape, or form. I think even if the crime doesn't end up having a culprit that gets charged. It doesn't make it less of a crime. So in my mind, those two personally felt very susceptible to possible litigation. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please don't forget to like, subscribe if you haven't already, and don't forget to comment down below about a future true crime video that you want to see from me. I hope you guys like this video. It's definitely different than anything I've ever done. I never really comment on the YouTube community as a whole. Usually I'm a little bit nervous to put my opinions out there, but these ones I felt very strongly on and wanted to bring them to light. And I wouldn't mind doing another one of these with more YouTubers. As I was researching, I did find there were a couple more YouTubers that have committed crimes. So if you want a part two, definitely let me know down below. But that is all for today. Until next time, I'll see you guys behind the yellow line. Goodbye.